Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. We are going to, uh, as we are continuing under the theme, Grace and Truth, amen, which is the theme for the term. Uh, and this month we've been looking at the grace of giving or the giving grace, even as Paul uh, tells us that uh, as we excel uh, in everything, in, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, let us also excel in the grace of giving. And we explored quite a number of things. If you are a child of God, if you are um, truly a righteous child of God, the Bible says we will do the right thing and give generously. Other translation says we will give and give. Amen. We don't stop giving, but we are called as the children of God to be generous people. Now, this morning, I want us to focus uh, on specifically this powerful principle called sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. I'm sure you've heard it before. Uh, and like I said last week, if maybe for whatever reason you've been exposed to this teaching, uh, it did not sit well with you, give it another shot. And I promise you it is going to hit different this time. It is going to be very different. Or if you've had a bad experience, maybe you gave and, you know, whatever happened. But it doesn't nullify the fact that God wants us to be generous. Say the power of sowing and reaping. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. I'm going to read from verse number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. I'm going to read from verse number 5. It says, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time. And prepare your generous gift beforehand. Prepare your generous gift beforehand. Uh, as a child of God, it must be our habit to prepare to give. It must not be a coincidental thing. We must always be intentional. To always know that I'm going to the house of God. Let me prepare something that I am going to give. Amen. And then it says, which you had previously promised. Uh, because all of us, when we are asking for something from God, we, we promise him something. <laughs> it's just that maybe sometimes we forget. Which you have pre previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity, not as a grudging obligation. Remember we said, there are three levels at which we can give. Number one, which is the lowest level, donation. Donation is condescending. There's no benefit in donating to God. You don't donate to God. Number two, it is obligation. You do it because pastor says so. The church says so. Because the Bible says so. But the third, which is the highest level, 
it is giving out of revelation. If you have understanding, um, um, you have insight into this principle, and then you are giving from the place of revelation. Amen. Then verse number six says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Verse 7, so let each one give. Let each one give. So you see, there's nobody who is excused from giving. If you say to me, what about the poor? Uh, <laughs> the Bible did not excuse the poor from giving. That's why God is so bold to say, no one must come before me empty-handed. Because God trusts himself that in one way or the other, he will provide for you. It's us who choose not to be faithful with what God. It's just that the mindset of poverty always tells us that we need to keep as much as we can because we are poor. Amen? And that's how we remain poor. That's how we remain broke. Are we here? <laughs> you see, when God says, let no one come before me empty-handed, it's a very strong statement. It comes from God who knows everything. It comes from God who has created everything. So when he says, no one must come before me empty-handed, it's just that sometimes we feel like we, we can come up with better principles than God. We want to make exceptions. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Say, I am a cheerful giver. See, I'm always excited about giving. I'm always excited about the opportunity to give. Practice smiling when you are giving something to somebody. Not just here at church. Smile. Do it with a happy heart. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Speak to us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we have seen already... Giving in the Bible is compared to sowing or planting a seed. So a seed can be anything that you give generously and it will definitely yield a harvest. Whenever you plant a seed, it is going to yield a harvest. So where we have read Paul under the same breath where he is talking about giving generously, he makes an example of how when you plant many seeds, you are going to reap a big harvest. So in other words, in as much as or in the same way that giving is compared to sowing, uh, also is receiving compared to reaping. So when eventually out of your practice of generosity consistently, eventually there is something that is going to come back to you. And it is referred to in the Bible as your harvest. 
And that's why the principle of giving requires faith. Because as you are doing it, you need to visualize yourself as someone who is planting a seed. No matter what good you are doing, no matter what bad you are doing, you need to understand that there is a seed that you are sowing. And whether or not you like it, there will be harvest that is going to come from it. And as you are going to see in just a moment, if you have sown a bad seed, a harvest is going to come. So in other words, if you have done something bad, it's a seed that you have sown and at some point you are going to reap. Let me make a silly example. Let's say you are rebellious and disrespectful towards your parents. You are sowing a seed. And it's nice when you are sowing a seed when you are still young. Because one day you are going to be a parent. And harvest will come. So if you want one day your kids to respect you, what are you going to do? You are going to sow a seed of respect. We have to live our lives with intention in our minds. That's why they say, whatever it is that you are experiencing today, it is as a result of the decision you've made in the past. So those decisions are seeds that you are sowing, that you are leaving behind each and every day. Are we here? So, the Bible says in Genesis 8 verse 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So this is a kingdom system that will never change. It can never be avoided. It can never be bypassed. If you want to experience increase and multiplication in your life, this is a set principle that even God himself will never violate. He will never have exceptions. Simply because it's you. Have you ever felt as a child of God that because you are in a certain situation, God will understand? It's like God knows, God understands me. But you know, the way that sometimes as Christians we are so hypocritical, we are the same people who will say, Israel got Jehovah, leave me in Gunaparat. But when situations were not favoring you, so that it can suit you at that point. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, God will understand simply because you have uh, more installments that month. It's like God, this month, look the other way. Uh, I, I, I am in no position to sow any seed. Remember we said last week, how do we give? We give, number one, through the principle of tithing. 10% God requires it, not because it's something that we take from what belongs to us and give to God, but it is something that already belongs to God. And God actually says, what I am prescribing is 10% and it is up to you how much do you want to sow after that depending on what, how much harvest do you have in mind. 
So we are just going to go through seven principles of sowing and reaping. So that we can understand. Remember I said when we started with this teaching to say it is going to be better if you give with understanding. That's why many people in church have experienced not so good outcomes out of this principle because we are not attentive. We don't, we don't take time to go and study and better understand what is it that... That's why we were so disappointed because when we were feeling goosebumps in a moment of time, when there was, you know, a move and, and somebody said, so God is going to do a miracle in your life and you sowed, but without understanding. That's why the Bible says in all your getting, get understanding. Get understanding so that you understand how does this thing operate. Because many of us, whenever we sow in that kind of an atmosphere, we are convinced that tomorrow there's something big that is going to happen in my life. And if it does not happen, it simply means the pastor lied. And it really does not mean that. But if you have understanding, you will also grow to a level of knowing that there is absolutely no one who can rob you of your harvest. No matter what it is that they've done with your seed. I'm going to mention it one more time. That's why then when you do it with understanding, you will get to a point where you will say, nobody can tamper with my harvest. Because the seed is on the ground. You knew what you were doing when you were sowing. So it doesn't matter what they have done with the seed. As a matter of fact, I will not even spoil my harvest by complaining about the seed. So in other words, if I've sown into King's life, I give him a car, he does not take care of it. He, he, he just simply drives it, you know, recklessly. Next week, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, that's my cue to look the other way, lest I tamper with the process that should take place because at the end of the day, I've sown a seed. And at that point when I was sowing, I, I felt it that this is a good ground. So when, when king decides, God forbid, when king decides to mess up the seed, it's his own problem. And not mine. Are we together? So I'm going to give you seven principles of sowing and reaping. Number one. Man, I love my time today. Develop a willing heart. Why am I saying so? Because many of us, we don't sow seeds because we think we don't have them. And one way of attracting a seed, it is through a willing heart. So it is not really about not having seed and saying, God, I cannot sow anything because I don't have a seed. Because God will take care of that. All that he is looking for is a willing heart. The question is, are you willing? Exodus 25 verse 2 says, speak to the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering. He says, from everyone who gives it willingly. And then he says, with his heart. Who, is, who gives it willingly? With his heart. Amen. Who gives it willingly? With his heart. So, 
Before you give your offering with your hand, you first give it with your heart. Because many of us, we give it with our hands, but we are still holding on to it with our hearts. That's why our heart goes with that seed wherever it goes. <laughs> so we must first be willing. Now, a willing heart will always attract resources that you must sow as a seed. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 says. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Who is that he? It's God. May he who does what? Supply the seed. So in other words, it is not my job to get a seed. My only job is to give God a willing heart. And if there's a willing heart, God will do what? He will supply the seed. Whatever it is that I need to sow, he will supply the seed. If I need to sow love, he will supply the seed of love. If I need, listen, even when it comes to loving God, do you know that God is not expecting us to love him with our own love? That's why he says, you did not love me. I loved you first. He says, I pour out my love into your spirit, by my, into your hearts by my spirit. So he gives us the seed so that we can come back and sow it. Our only problem is to see what God supplies as our own. He says he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. He says that our excitement is to sometimes confuse the two. When God gives us seed, somebody once said a very controversial statement, and man, it shook me. But then I understood that he said, when God is giving you a job, he is actually giving you a seed. He is empowering you to be able to plant. It's just that many of us, we see our salaries as a harvest. We think this is my final destination. I have arrived. And that's why we limit God to, let me put it this way. Your life is too expensive to be sustained by a salary. Oh, okay, maybe you will not understand me. Let me put it this way. How many of you are working? You are employed, you earn a salary. How many of you realize that, man, no mingen. The last time I checked in Genil, But my pella is like there's more month left. Like you're like, wow, why? It is because that's not actually our bread. That is not what we need to look at as something that is supposed to sustain us. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So once you, you look at what God gives you, once you look at what God gives you in, in a form of a job, and then you say, this is my opportunity to sow seed. You are not going to run and open accounts and put pressure on the seed. Now, now the, the, the seed is struggling to come out because you are overwhelming this seed with... 
to a point that you are now no longer sowing it with a willing heart. Because it is coming out of desperation. You are like, hey, by the way, I must sow. Let me put it this way. The Bible says, it was in a season of harvest, by the way. I mean, of, 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 of famine, by the way. The Bible says, Isaac in that year, the Bible says, he did what? In a season of what? Season of famine. What did he do? In a season of what? That's why I liked what Tatema Ile said. He said, we don't, we don't sow out of a harvest. Not just out of a harvest, but also out of the, the little that we have, even when things are not allowing. The Bible says it was in a time of harvest. It was in a time of famine. And what did Isaac do? But normally, when it is a time of famine, Logic says, let me save as much as I can. But what did Isaac do? Take note what the scripture says. It says, and he reaped a harvest that very same year. Right? That very same year. We'll just unpack it later on. But here's the part I love. And then it says, and the man began to prosper. Began to prosper. You see, at the beginning of your prosperity, you must not think you have arrived. You must not think this is all that God can do. You must not be too excited and be wild now and think. And, and here's what many of us do. We come to God. We pray desperately, God, give me a job. And when God gives you a job, you think now you have arrived. All of a sudden you are wild. All of a sudden, all of a sudden you think all that the church wants is your money. The church existed before you got a job. The church operated before you got a job. How come you now think the 15,000 rands you are going to earn, it is all of a sudden going to sustain Builders Church? What makir mejo sa mejo fro? And your goodness. You got a job. Chill. Relax. The man began to prosper. At the beginning of prosperity, relax. This is not time for Cavella. No, not Cavella is not a, a what? 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 What do you know? Steve Main. It's not time for Steve Louis Vuitton. Uh, go, hey, no, beginning of prosperity will not afford Louis Vuitton, eh? <laughs> And then the Bible says, and he continued to prosper. And I love the third part, until he became very prosperous. So many of us, we never get to the stage of very prosperous. Why? Because we got confused by the beginning of prosperity. Yeah, especially if you don't practice generosity while you are still, inverted commas, poor. And by the time money comes, the poverty mindset is still there. Yeah. It says, Remember, in the time of famine, Isaac sold. Not us as Christians, Tina, we customize our type.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the month of sacrificial offering, the tithe becomes the sacrificial offering. During the time of whatever other, the tithe is converted into, it's like I will always customize it according to. And I'm going to show you in a moment, what's the role of tithe, what's the role of a seed. Because if you are tithing, you are not sowing a seed. When you have given a tithe, you have not sown a seed. I'll show you, I'll show you in just a moment what, what you, will you be doing. Oh, Jesus. Do not, pay, do not pay, panic. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Number two, always look for an opportunity to sow. Always look for an opportunity to, to sow a seed. And do not let circumstances determine or limit your giving or your generosity. Everywhere you go, always look for an opportunity to sow a seed. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4, he who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. So in other words, if I chose to not sow a seed because of famine, I will also not reap when it's harvest time. Because you can't reap if you do not sow. Simple. So, so always look for an opportunity to sow seed. Always look for an opportunity to do good. Always do not reap. God, what is happening around you because the devil will try as much as possible to give you a reason not to be generous. He's always going to explain to you why you can't. To a point of reminding you about lunch. So don't forget, after service, you need to go and have lunch. And we can miss an opportunity to, to sow a good seed. I love verse number six. Then verse number six says, in the morning, do what? Sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand. Take note. For you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. So always look for an opportunity to live a life of living seeds everywhere. So that you will live in a season of harvest all the time. Of course, there will be a time for you to be sowing seeds. So everywhere you go, do not say, ah, I've just sown a seed yesterday, so I'm just going to take a break. For the No, 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 no. So in, in, in the morning, if God grants you an opportunity, sow a good seed. And don't just limit it to money. Sow any kind of seed. Help somebody. Show kindness to somebody. You know, just go an extra mile. Give somebody, give somebody a lift. Help somebody out with something that they are struggling with. What are you doing? You are sowing seeds everywhere you are going. As you live life and you are growing, leave a trail of seeds that you have sown. And don't stop. Do it even for your children. So that they can harvest after you. All the time, be good to 
Even people you don't know, because you will never know. As a, you will never know when God can use a harvest at the right time. I, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm always going to make an example with the recent miracle we've experienced. Many years ago, we hosted Pastor Mike Todd. Many years ago at Builders Church. Many years ago. Before he was who he is. Many years ago. He was not even a lead pastor back then. He was simply a youth pastor. And he was not even here to preach in South Africa. He was with his bishop who was invited. And I asked, so what are you going to be doing? He said, no, I'm, I'm just available. I, said, I flew him down because they were in Devon. Flew him down from Devon. He came to our church, hosted him, took him out to lunch, blessed, just so seeds in his life. When we did not know, when we did not know who is he going to become. So leave a trail of seeds everywhere. Every, be good to somebody. You don't have to have a reason. Don't do it with an agenda and a motive. Even if you don't see them as somebody that they, you can reap from at some point, just leave a good seed behind. Because you will never know. I said this, honestly so. Giving or generosity is tiring. But don't stop doing it. Because the rewards... Are big. So look around. Always look for a ground, an opportunity where you can just sow a seed. Look for, there are many fertile ground around us. Good grounds that you, you, you see something, you see somebody, you realize they are a good ground to sow into. You don't only sow into poor people only. They are not the only good ground. I'm teaching you principles of sowing. The poor are not the only good ground. I'm not saying they are not a good ground. I'm saying they are not the only good ground. So don't, don't say, ah, what does he need? I mean, he looks like, he, I mean, he's driving a car. He's, I mean, this guy, they said he's a businessman. Look at his phone. Look at his shoes. Ah, no, no. But sometimes when you realize that somebody carries something that, that you want to tap into, you, you show generosity towards them. Because you are saying, God, the very same grace that is upon their lives, I also want to experience it in my life. It's a principle in the kingdom of God that works. That God has given us to take advantage of. To tap into it. So be wise, look around wherever you go, be discerning. Just realize that when you arrive in a, and, and this is our practice even here at church. Sometimes you will arrive in a church that has everything. And I'll be like, wow. This is a good ground to leave a seed. Not because they need the 5,000 rands that I will give. They don't need it. Probably they will not even notice it. But I need my seed to be connected to this ground. I need this kind of a fertile ground 
Because here's the good thing. It does not matter where you have planted the seed. When it's time for harvest, your harvest will locate you. So, so you will sow as long as you, you realize that, man, I'm standing on a good crown here. Standing on the good, the blessing of God is flowing here. And, and I want to partake of it. Listen, God has given us means to be able to access what does not even rightfully belong to you. To put it maybe in a very not so organized manner. God gives us the right way to steal a blessing. Like I don't have to ask for permission to tap into your blessing. You don't have to lay hands on me. I, I know the key. I look at Masanabo. I, 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 is not praying for me or releasing a blessing. I leave a seed in his ground and I walk away. Legally, I am now authorized to receive a harvest from the kind of flow that he's experiencing in his life. Simple. 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 Number three. These are kingdom principles, Bazalan. Right? You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. If you want financial harvest, you don't sow love. It's like, uh, I, want, I need a financial breakthrough. You know, uh, I, I'm just going to love people. <laughs> Even in the natural, you don't sow orange seeds and reap bananas. Galatians 6 verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So I must be wise. It's a principle. I'm looking for financial breakthrough. I'm looking for a financial harvest, in other words. What do I do? I sow financial seeds. This is not about amount. It's about the seed I have in my hand. It's about the discernment and the wisdom to be able to sow that kind of a seed. So you sow love, you reap love. You sow kindness, you reap kindness. Right? If you are a wife, you want your man to love you. But you are sowing disrespect. And you are shocked, why, why is this man not loving me? You've been sowing a wrong seed. God will not be mocked. It says, don't be deceived. He, sow according to the kind of harvest you need in your life. Be very intentional. Number four. You reap where you have sown. 
When I say where, I'm talking about the source. Listen to what Galatians 6 verse 8 says. For he who sows to his flesh will also of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So when I am sowing, I need to be very conscious about the fact that I am not going to be carnal about it and sow in a carnal manner, or maybe let me bring it closer to home. If I am, for an example, watching content that is not good for me on television, what am I doing? I'm sowing into my flesh. Watching all of those ungodly scenes on TV, I'm sowing into my flesh. And then the Bible says, I will reap from there. And it says, corruption. I must not then be shocked what is corrupting me like this. Why am I behaving like this? No, you've been sowing into your flesh. You've been sowing into your flesh. And all that you are experiencing is harvest. Remember, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. So if you've sown into your flesh, you will reap from it. You will reap from it. But the Bible says if you sow to the Spirit, if you are going to pray, do all of the spiritual disciplines, you are sowing into that realm. And then the Bible says from that realm you are going to reap. And what comes from the spiritual realm is godly things. Revelation. Wisdom. Understanding. You are going to be reaping from there. Why? You are sowing into that realm. So the question is where are you sowing on daily basis? Can I tell you this? Not sowing is sowing. Not making a decision is a decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if you woke up and you decided not to pray, it does not mean that you did not sow any seed in any ground. You've indirectly sown in the opposite. Angetibati, there are sins of omission and commission. You don't only sin by committing a sin, but also by omitting something that you are supposed to be doing, you are also committing sin. You are sowing a seed indirectly. So on daily basis, when you decide not to pray, it's a seed you are sowing. When you pray, it's a seed you are sowing. Where are you sowing? Into the spirit. And you will reap from there. There are things that will flow from that realm. Why? Because you've been sowing a seed into that realm. Right? So I made an example in Telmas last week. I said, if you say, Bati Ekaya, but you've sown a seed into that realm. So, your seed is represented. So don't be shocked when harvest comes from that realm. You reap where you sow. 
I also don't sow seed in that realm. What does that mean? I will never buy anyone alcohol. Lest I reap from one of my kids. So when they decide to do their own thing, it must not be from my doing. You, 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 were, you were getting married and they insisted, no, you must buy a car. You don't have to come, Masihlab, but we need money from you to go and buy it. They go and buy it and do the things. When it's harvest time, don't be surprised. How did the enemy get an opportunity to interfere in your affairs? You opened the door for him. You gave him a legal right. And here's how God functions. God does not override statutes that are there. God is aware of the legal. That's why even when it comes to saving us, he had to redeem us. He had to make a way legally so that the devil will not say, ah, but you came through a back door. That's why the Bible talks about Jesus paid a price. It is finished. So that the devil cannot say, because God had to recognize the fact that there was a legality in how we were handed over to the, to the devil. So he's not just going to use his power just because he can to take us away from him. He had to pay the price. So the question is, where are you sowing on daily basis? Where is your money go, going to? Where, is, where are your words directed to? What is it? Where are you sowing? And where are you reaping on daily basis? Number five, you reap after you have sown. Many of us will like, God, if you can... First, give me a million. Then I will. No, you reap after. You don't say, God, give me a, a, a car first, then I will go to church. Right? And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we not lose heart. In due season. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 2, there is a time to be born and time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. So there is a time for everything. So when it's time for you to sow seeds, sow seeds. So that the time of harvest will come. Amen. Keep on sowing seeds. Don't. Many of us are expecting a financial breakthrough with no seed in the ground. Emphasis, it has got nothing to do with amount, but everything to do with principle. Keep on sowing. So that when, that's why I always say, when you become a giver in the house of God, generous outside, it gives you authority and boldness 
to pray to God about your financial situations. You've got seed in the ground. That's why God did not just perform miracles. Sometimes he will ask, what do you have? What seed do you have in the ground? As we are praying for whatever, what, what seeds have you been sowing? That's why you have to do your part, and then God will do his part. Number six, I need to close. Your harvest will always be more than what you have planted. So God does not pay you back, but he multiplies what you've sown. Right? Because you have given him a seed. He must give you a harvest. So it will always be what? More. Proverbs 11 verse 24, there is one who scatters, yet increases more. So my key to increase is to plant those seeds on a daily basis. Plant those seeds on a daily basis. Plant those seeds on a daily basis. And an increase will come. Because the Bible says he will multiply the seed. He will multiply the seed. That, 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 that 50 rands I saw, that 100 rands I saw, that t-shirt I gave to somebody, that, 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 you know, help I offer to somebody, it's a seed. And when it comes back to me, the Bible says it will be pressed down, good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. So, so God will always multiply it. When he takes it away from you, it's not that he wants to rob you of it. And it's not like he will just return it. Look at this order. When Jesus wanted to feed the 5,000, he asked, what is here? What is available? They had a seed. Two fish, five loaves. The Bible says he took the bread, broke it, blessed it, gave it back to them. What happens when he gave it back to them? It multiplied. But he had to first take it. I can imagine what was happening to that boy's heart when Jesus took it. Oh, Jesus. My last five loaves. This man is taking them. And that's why we panic. When God says give, we panic. Because we don't trust his hands. We panic. We're thinking, oh, he's just taking away from us. No, but he wants to break it, bless it, and multiply it. When it comes back to you, it will always be multiplying. Seven, which is the last one. Do not sleep during harvest. Many of us, the devil is messing with our harvest and we are sleeping. Proverbs 10 verse 5. He who gathers in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Do not sleep during the time of harvest. When Jesus was talking about the parable of a sower, in Matthew 13 verse 25, he says, but while men slept, 
His enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Do not sleep. Sleeping in the Bible speaks of prayerlessness. Be very much conscious of the fact that as you are giving, you are sowing seeds. You are like a man who is working his field. And the devil will always attempt to mess with your harvest. That's why even there are certain principles. I made an example with the book of Malachi. What does it say? He says, bring your tithes and offerings, right? And he says, see if I will not uh, open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will be no room uh, uh, to contain it, right? And the second one, then he continues to say, and I will rebuke the devourer. What does it mean? The more I plant and my harvest grows, there is a devourer out there. And someone might be sitting here and saying, Fundis, I've been sowing seeds. I've been sowing seeds, but I don't see my harvest. That's why I am saying when you have given your tenth, it is security for your harvest. It is, that's why he says, I will rebuke the devourer. So in other words, when, when I give my tithe, I am cultivating the field. I am I'm preparing the ground. I am making it to be a good ground for me. And through my offerings and sacrifices and whatever else, I'm sowing seeds. And what am I doing? I'm securing my harvest. It does not matter where I have sown. It does not matter how much I've given. It does not matter to whom I am. But I am allowing God to be in charge of my harvest. Because as I give, I don't take stock. I don't count. I don't calculate. But when I am saying, God, through my tithe, rebuke the devourer. God says, I'm going to watch over your harvest. In other words, that's why he says this. He says in the book of Psalms, I bless my people in their sleep because what does he say? I do not sleep nor slumber. So in other words, when you are sleeping and the devil is trying to come closer to mess with your harvest, God, the Bible says he will rebuke him. He will tell you not in this field. Somebody puts it this way. That if you don't have any harvest that you are expecting, you don't have to worry about giving your tithe. But if you are a man or a woman who is expecting harvest, tithe means everything to me. Why? Because I want to keep my harvest secured. I want angels to give charge over my harvest because I don't know how far it will go. Maybe I have harvest in Swaziland. Maybe I have harvest in Namibia. Maybe I have harvest coming from Europe and I cannot get there physically. I am not even aware the things that have been prepared. Do you know how was Isaac blessed when he sowed seed in the time of harvest? Do you know how he was, he was blessed? There were wells that were dug by his forefathers. He was not there. They were not dug by him. As a matter of fact, he was not even aware of them. But the one who watches and he is aware of things that are true to you. So in other words, I need to become the kind of a Christian who will say, whatever my parents missed is part of my harvest. Whatever good seeds that my parents sowed and they never got to reap, 
I am a candidate to reap them. In other words, devil, it does not matter when it was sown, how it was sown. If there's anything that has got my name on it, I am coming for it. I am coming for it supernaturally. I might not be aware of it. You might have robbed my parents of that harvest, but I am coming for it. In other words, if my parents did not experience love in their marriage, I am owed a harvest. I need love in my marriage. In other words, if my parents did not drive a car, I am coming for my car. I am going to reap that harvest. In other words, I am not going to let any part of my harvest go to waste. That's why I'm going to be accurate in this principle of generosity. Because I have got to tap into the wells that were dark years ago. I am going to unlock wells that were dark by my grandfather. But unfortunately, my grandfather did not follow the Lord. But the principle of sowing and reaping still stands. If he has sown a seed and he did not reap it, I am going to reap it. I need some good things that are going to... I am tired of generational curses. I suffered because of generational curses. But what about the generational blessings? What about the good things that are due to... Surely there must be something good about my family. Surely there must be something good that my parents have done. Some of us, we grew up in families where our parents sowed seeds of taking care of our cousins. We were sharing four rooms with our cousins. We had to move from our bed and our bedroom, move for our cousins, move for our uncles. I want my harvest. I want my harvest. I want my harvest. I want my, I slept on the floor for five years. I want my harvest. I want my harvest. I want my harvest. I had to share a loaf of bread with somebody who was not born in my family. I had to share my lunch box with that one boy at school who did, I want my harvest. It's a seed that I was sowing. That's why if you are a giver, you are robbing yourself if you are saying you are not expecting anything. Because God has said, if you sow, He will give you a harvest. So if you are going to try and pretend, and be nice and say, I, I'm not expecting anything. God says, okay, let me find somebody who is expecting something. And I'm going to be one of those who say, God, I am not giving without understanding. When I give my tithe, I know what I am doing. I am securing my harvest. He says, see, if I will not open up the windows of heaven. I, I like it in the King James because... It says, see if I will not pour you out a blessing. It does not say if I will pour for you a blessing. It says, if I will not pour you out. In other words, I'm the blessing. I am the blessed one. I, the heavens have opened and God has poured me out into my family as a blessing. He has poured me out into my community as a blessing. He has poured me out into this church as a blessing. That's my harvest. I'm living my life each and every day expecting a harvest. Expecting that something good has got to happen in my life. Why? I've been sowing something good. I've been kind to a stranger at work for no reason. I need my harvest. I, I showed kindness to a neighbor that I didn't know. I need my harvest. I did something for someone for free. I need my harvest. That's why I am saying, keep on 
sowing those good seeds and trust God to be the auditor and take stock of every good seed that is in the ground. That's why many of us, because we've been saying things like, I don't expect a harvest, the enemy has been robbing us of our harvest. The enemy has been sitting on our harvest because we said in our own mouths, we don't expect it. We don't need it. And the devil has been sitting. Some of us, we did not even know that there is a harvest that is due to us, that is owed to us. And we are just sleeping. We are just sleeping. We are just sleeping in the time of harvest. It's about time you wake up and you claim your harvest. It's about time you rise up and you say prayers like, oh God, as from today, any kind of harvest that is due to me, any kind of harvest, that is due to my account God any kind of listen there are many things that when we do the Bible promises us benefits you cannot be angry about I've been serving and I have not been seeing results the Bible says in due season you will reap what does it mean there is an appointed time for my harvest and even right now in this atmosphere we thank you that they are released and we thank you that oh God signs and wonders will confirm that your word indeed is true we thank you for harvests oh God that shall manifest through finances through job opportunities through promotion in the name of Jesus Christ oh God through salary increases oh Father in the name of Jesus, when we give in your kingdom, we are not donating, but we are sowing seed, oh God. We are planting seeds on the ground. And therefore, today we thank you that, oh God, a harvest is going to come our way. In the name of Jesus. Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you.